It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Oh, it's incredibly humbling. Um, and yeah, feeling yeah, incredibly proud. To be in the All-Australian team, you have to be a very driven, dedicated preparer and uh, really humbling to be, to be captain. Yeah, I think um, oh, you just love playing footy, but when um, there's a player's award and um, just to be respected by the peers in, in the way you play, um, it's a great honour. Obviously a huge honour to win this award and um, the year itself, it's been massive. I've, I've loved every minute. I started because I wanted to. I think that was, the, that was the piece the whole way long for me. I'm not delisted. Mm. I'm still at the Crows and... I'm contracted to 2020. I can say right now, honestly, there's been no offer made to me from Gold Coast or any other team. In the vacuum of the pre-finals by came the rampant trade speculation, the reviews of the failed campaigns and the season's top honours. From Eddie Betts and Adelaide to Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps, we'll dissect it all in the crunch. We think we've improved at stages this year and, and some glimpses of our football is first class, but um, getting a four-quarter effort now is is a must because uh, I think every side will lift another gear. We understand people are getting anxious. They, they want to see the Bombers win a final again, all the supporters, yep. but do they deserve it any more than West Coast who are running Premiers? Uh, they want to win this final, so you don't get extra advantages because you've got more to play for or anything like that. This is finals footy. Um, just love the opportunity to go out and put your best foot forward. You've got to acknowledge that the Dogs are, you know, probably the informed team of the competition and playing some great footy, they're scoring quickly. We need to be defensively a lot better and, you know, we've, we've got to make up a 10-goal margin in, in the space of, you know, probably 20 days. We've got to make sure that, um, you know, our footy's uh, doing the talking because at the end of the day, it is cutthroat. I get a sense that there's this resolve and this, this belief amongst the players that they that they know that they're more than capable of beating anyone. And, and we're seeing it in, in game at the moment. And it's a great surprise to our supporters and it has come on quickly. But it is a this-is-now um, situation. The countdown to the quartet of games to open the September action gathers intensity. What lies in store from Thursday night? I know it's a game where we have to go out there and we have to entertain and we have to be respectful and courteous and do all those lovely PC things to the opposition, except for you, Ryan Crowley. Because <laughs> you know who you've got, don't you? You've got Acker! Take him down! Boys, let's get amongst them. Let's do it for the great EJ! I want to see flair. I want to see skill. We've got Brownlow medalists in here. We've got Norm Smith medalists. We've got superstars. Richo's kicked 800 goals. Scotty Cummings, he's kicked 14 goals in a game. We've got Limo. He won an under-19 BNF. 
And let's be honest, let's be honest, if you're any good, you skip the 19s. <laughs> And the kicks and giggles of the EJ Witten Legends game. The man who orchestrated victory for the Vicks, Dermot Brereton, has left the celebrations and is on duty. This is the Gap Week edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. And the new grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. It's the great wakes in our footy season as we pause and ponder what's to come from Thursday night. Look back on the week that has been and forecast what is to come. Jared Waitley with you for crunch time. Well, he came in hoisted up on shoulders. Dermot Burton, coach of Victoria. Hello, Dermot. Good morning, Jared. Good morning, David. Good to see David you, David. David, good to have you here. A little Hello, bit G. croaky in the throat. How'd it go? Oh, it was fun. It was just very fun. The main revelation for me, you, you couldn't pick it. You know, you see blokes play on the field and you have a preconception, preconception idea of how they are as people. Ryan Crowley is the best bloke in the world. <laughs> he is just a really, really good guy, really nice guy. He cannot talk without smiling. He's a little bit like... Uh, uh, um, yeah, Yeah, he's a little bit like Brad Johnson. He's just just a genuinely good guy. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun to be had. And Richo's kick at the end. Um, we kind of worked it out so we might have a kick off, kind of. But Richo... Really wanted a kick that he just shanked it. <laughs> it's not a bad effort to orchestrate a 275 all draw, Kenny. <laughs> I saw someone tweeted last night, it might have been Adam Cooney. First to 275 normally wins. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's not bad. That's very good. It, it is in, about, all about entertainment. Yeah. Uh, some people have taken it a bit too serious, I think. Overall. Yeah, I wonder what people expect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're there. We had a bit of fun. Yeah, as soon as if you haven't worked it out from the minute they announced the coaching panels, Jared. Yeah, yeah. Then the, you've got bigger issues than a, a draw last night. As soon as Steve Price takes a field. Yes. Um, I was disappointed that Andrew Bolt didn't play the second half though. Once we'd had a teaser of Steve Price, I just assumed Andrew <laughs> Bolt would be there. I felt a little short. I was chatting to Pricey, and I said, uh, "Once you've been out of." footy or you haven't kicked a footy for a long time or, you know, you just it hasn't worked for you, when one somebody kicks you in a, kicks the ball to you in a match, the last third of the journey of the ball, gee, they start coming in quick. <laughs> and he said, I know. And he hit, one hit his chest before he was ready for it and he regathered and took the mark. He was very funny though, Price. He, I, I think, Derm, you've got to look at selection. <laughs> yeah. You can't have a Legends game without Pikey. For me, he just he makes it all work, mate. It's 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 a legends game, not a legendary drinking game. It's no, it's at well, least won four flags. Yeah, and sometimes the, you get in the right spot at the right time. No, <laughs> no, I'm only he's, serious. He's, uh, I don't it, know what, where Pikey was this year. What was the post match like last night? Post match was very tame without Pikey. Votes, yeah. Oh gee, well. well Ben Dixon probably got ben three Dixon. votes before the game. <laughs> Christy, his wife's away for the week, so he's had a yeah. bottle of wine every night by himself at home. Puts the kids to bed and then just soaks himself down in a 
<laughs> the bottle uh, bathing in it. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, look, there was very, very tame in the after after match, but uh, yeah, we had a, a room upstairs that. Uh, and went through to about one o'clock, I think it was. Did yeah. you give one good spray during the game? Oh, Ben Dixon, I had to give him a spray. He said he promised me I'm good enough to play. His his knees are that bad, mm. he can't even plant on the foot to kick it. He can actually strike the ball all right, but his plant leg, he cannot plant on it because his knee is so bad. So I had to give him a spray. I mean, we had to leave out Troy Luff so so that. <laughs> So that Dicko could I play. Mean, Blokes like that missed out. Didn't he get Monkey. selected? Oh, mate, somewhere out there, Troy Luff will be curled did up he, in a ball in the corner of his he room. he nominate and not get... This is a world first. Well, he actually nominated and was, omit, was omitted, was, was bypassed. Well, the thing is with Luffy, he doesn't have to nominate. You know it's the highlight of his year that he just to play this game. Somewhere out there he's curled up in a ball in the corner of his living room <laughs> and he's still trying to get over not being selected. He's got he's you know, he's the reverse open selection. I'm here for whenever you want me. So Dicko had to cop us. Well, I sent him out of the pack. I sent him Austin McCrab style out of the huddle. Just go over and stand over there. And then I put the red vest on him, which gives you double points, your power player or whatever they call it. And he still couldn't move enough so they could see him. <laughs> he was deplorable, but uh, good yeah. fun and took it with good spirit. Stuff and nonsense. Yep. Get on you, Dermot. Um, we've just had through from Carlton that Cade Simpson has signed a contract extension, so he'll suit up for his 18th no season. No I think once Dale Thomas was tiptoed as Cade Simpson was going on. So... We've got a, a trade section to come after 12 is what we know, what we forecast, what clubs should do and the choices that they have to make. The, the configuration of this weekend. So there are four possibilities. There's the gap weekend that we currently have. There's a wild card weekend, which would pit this year Essendon and Hawthorne together last night and the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide together tonight. There's no break and just play through as we had done for a long period of time. Or there's put the Brownlow in tomorrow night and put actually something, a gold standard piece in, given that it relates to the home and away. There was a time when they used to do it. Yeah. Post-22 post game mark. Yep. It, is, it does. It gives lift off to grand final week. And yet, in a way, grand final week doesn't need the Brownlow. So you could put a showpiece event on across the weekend rather than have the lull. Do you have a preference for any of those four, King? Um... I didn't like the buy when we first bought it out, but then when you see what it does to to the clubs, so I think the spectacle and the entertainment for us outside of clubland is is important. But I think first week of the finals, we do want the best teams available out there, don't we? I mean, if you've got a line ball decision here or there, and I think we'll talk about that later on, um, the extra week is massive. It really is. So to to see the spectacle. Next Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, uh, I'm prepared to have one. I mean, the Thursday will come quick. You know, it's, it's really early in the week, so I think it's great. The awards week, it's not a bad way to be, Jared. Give the players a chance to celebrate themselves, um, endorse the seasons through the All-Australian teams. Um, I, I think it's pretty good. I like it the way it is. You're happy with it? Yeah. Dermot? I'm, I'm not. And in a selfish look back over my shoulder into our days gone by... Um, yeah, 1987, if we had a week off between, before the finals, I dare say we probably... I thought that was the best talented team I played with and Carlton played it beautifully. They, I think we might have won that one with an extra week off. 
it was just too much for us in the end. So that's the selfish review back mm-hmm. on it. Having said that, I think the logical argument back then was Carlton got there and teams like that got there and it and it is a marathon run and you enter the stadium in round, after after your 22nd game and then it's who sprints to the line the best. So I, I think the build-up, I think the, the actual ordeal that is 22 games then plus four, I think that... I love that fact that it is a war of attrition on the on the lists. The best list and the best conditioned list and the one that has a bit of luck gets through at the end. Um, I do take on your point, David, that, yeah, we like to see the best quality football, but we, we I just feel it's a little bit more of a, a sanitisation of the way we view the game now. We want everybody to be healthy. We want everybody to, to be fit. It is the only endurance sport in the world that's heavy, heavy contact. And I, I find that, in its own weird way, quite a beautiful sport. And I, I love that it is that way. As I said, in, in the rearview vision mirror, it hurt us. But I, I think I like the fact that it is that endurance aspect to it. I, I mean, the league... Who wouldn't play this week? If it were this week, Jared, who yep. wouldn't play and how would it shape the finals? You're talking individuals? Yeah. Well, Darcy Moore wouldn't play this week. Probably not. Have a scan during the week generally means you don't play. I think there's a race to the line at the West Coast for a couple of players. Um, it, it is a, a big impact on the teams. Yeah. The finals were never diminished before 2016 by it, though. Not diminished, but if you have your stars out there, surely it's elevated. Mm. I've, I, my sense is Darcy Moore would have played, but that, that's sort of not. that's not really the point. So I guess the... We break the last four weeks off into a separate season rather than being the complete journey. And in 2016, it profoundly impacted what happened. Yep. Um, and the team from seventh with the week off was able to set itself and go on a run. Both teams who had the break from the qualifying finals to the prelim lost the next year, both who won. And then last year was a 1-1 split. So we're gathering a sample size. I'm, like, not, I'm like, not sure there's a whole heap of evidence to say the finals are substantially better in the past three years than they were previously. Without doubt, I also believe, Jared, that the longer your season runs, the more income can be made out of the actual sport. So what was 22 rounds back-to-back previously is now 23 because of the buy for teams. There's an extra seven days to the season and now you add in the extra uh, week at the end of the conclusion of the 23rd round, there's 14 extra days and it doesn't sound much over the period of a season, but it is much. It is 14. You ask anybody who's dealing in big business, if your product, the, the, the absolute peak selling time goes an extra 14 days, you're doing cartwheels. Yeah, I agree with that. I understand that. But if I probably disagree, Jared. In 2016, the dogs wouldn't have won it without the week. Mm. So to say it hasn't necessarily elevated them as a team. No, Beveridge doesn't them. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it... My point is, so I don't games, think the finals have been oh, that final incredibly... that series, was unbelievable. But you're talking yeah, about the spectacle, aren't you? Yeah, that, I think... That, the best final we've ever had, probably the Western Bulldogs. I agree with that, but I don't think... Um, over the next couple of years, I don't think the finals are radically better by having the week off. I'm, the Bulldogs won it, and they wouldn't have been able to win it with a week off. So mm. I actually think, historically, that's off. problematic. Um, that the very first time we did it, it saw the team from seventh make a run when historically so that think, was impossible. You think we jumped too quickly 
to bring the buy in on the back of, I think it was the North Mow and Richmond yeah, game? Yeah, of course we did. Of course we did. So to try to arrest integrity in round 23, we compromised, we altered the finals. Not compromised, we altered the finals. To hell with round 23. The, the whole season's always about the last four weeks of the finals. So I think we pulled the, the wrong rein was pulled for the wrong reason. Remind me, North Melbourne-Richmond game, what, are we, what, what um, was that circumstance? Or, or, North rested a whole set of players yeah. in round 23 <sighs> because they already had their position and they played Richmond Like Ross did as well. And Ross had done it yep. previously. Yeah. They, were playing, okay. they were playing each other t- two weeks in a row. Yep. So they rested They rested to not give away any any uh, secrets and, and, and they come out and won. So it was it was endorsed or it was franked. So, yeah. Oh, look, each to their own. I think it's one of those things you'll never have an answer on or consensus on. Um, and I'm happy to – time's not against us this week. Usually on Crash Show we're powering through. Yeah, but yeah. So, so you can give us a call on the Star 21 open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Star 21, your world, endless possibilities. If those are the four. So as we are now, as we were previously with no break, maybe the Brownlow to Sunday night or the wild card. Do either of you have um, – are you open at all to a wild card? I, I pr- once again, I prefer – True integrity, you win, you, you you get enough games, you get enough percentage. Percentage is proven to be a really, really good indicator of how teams are going this over the pre, over the last decade or so. It's a very good indicator. So I think if you get enough wins, enough percentage, that's the team that should be in there. I think the integrity, comparing it to history, must still be upheld. That way. I'm not all. I'm not for a, a wild card game, even though <laughs> perhaps my team. The club I, Barry for Hawthorne, would benefit from it. But I just, yeah, I, I'd prefer the integrity to, as we look into yesteryear to, to stay equal as we go forward. I, I, the only change that I would look at here, it's not a wild card, it would be in some way, shape or form elevating the importance of finishing top of the table. There is no genuine reward f- you, from you, the other seven teams at the moment for finishing top. The only thing I say to that is you play the fourth team. Yeah, but I mean, you get a double chance, but you play the fourth team who's won two less games than you. You could play the second team. They're playing them at their home venue this this time round. That's that's, that's that's the anomaly. We historically had the win first final straight in. Yeah, it it was a fantastic system. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, when you the got the week's final break, five, yeah, yeah, it? final five, yeah, final five. The team that finishes on top gets a week break. So under that system, as I was saying, eighty-seven, we would have got a week's break. Yeah, <laughs> Carlton would have got two weeks. So break. All right, we got a full board of calls who want to participate Ooh, yes. in this conversation. So let's clear the break, and then we'll delve into your the calls on the Star Twenty One <laughs> open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What's the right configuration of this weekend into the future? Star Twenty One, your world, endless possibilities. One three hundred start twenty one. This is crunch time for Honda, introducing Honda's fifty years limited edition range. Search Honda fifty and the new grilled wraps at Subway, hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. On eleven sixteen SEN, the award winning crunch, crunch time. time. Celebrate fifty years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Crunch time with Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton and David King. What is the right configuration for this weekend? As it is now, the no-break as it was in the past to wildcard rounds, potentially the Brownlow on Saturday, on Sunday nights to give 
a, uh, a gold standard moment to the weekend. We're taking your thoughts. one 736 736 on the Star 21 open line. John is in Mount Waverley. Uh, no, it's Johan. Johan is in Mount Waverley. Johan, welcome. Thanks, Joe. Johan, yeah. Look, I agree with them on two fronts. I think the uh, the wildcard round just reeks of a lack of integrity. And it'll be this situation where the AFL creates a problem and then does something more ridiculous to fix that problem. And as for the week off, I mean, why is this notion of the best players playing? Why is the gap between round one more important than weeks two, three, four of the finals? I mean, it, 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 this notion of we want the best players to play, they've got seven days between the prelim and the grand final to get up. So you just think play-through? You're a play-through man. Good on you. John is in Mill Park. John, welcome. Oh, that's John. Yeah, Gents, how are you going? Very well, um, John. I just, uh, I just think at the end of the day that uh, the week off is actually probably not a bad idea. If you look at, uh, as uh, Kingy said, we've got to have the best players playing. I, I don't also disagree with what Dermot said, but maybe should they consider the two grand finalists having a week before the grand final? And that way you do get the, two, the, the best two teams playing with the best players available rather than the uh, week leading into the finals. NFL style. Super Bowl style. I like it. I like it a lot. It's good for a travelling team too. That would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the star of the finals. Imagine West Coast win win their way through to a grand final. Then they get a two-week luxury. That's maybe something that's worth looking at. And Nick Natanui plays Mm -hmm. the first game for the season (laughs) in the big one. He'll be back next week, mate. Good on you, John. Yeah, that's good. So we've got ourselves a fifth option and a good, sensible one at that. David you, is. How come you didn't think of that one, Jerry? <laughs> what have you been doing you overnight? Jerry, You've on. had the week off. You hey, have enjoyed the week off. You have been just kicking back, just oh. watching cricket, replays of cricket. You got tired, haven't you? I've done every awards night. You've got tired. To man. <laughs> <laughs> David is in Greensboro. Hello, David. G'day, guys. Um, the only reason they have a bye before finals is so the AFL can cash in on a Thursday night final. There's for TV money. There's no other reason why. And it stinks that buy around because last year, for example, Richmond played on a Thursday. Then we played two weeks later. Then we played two weeks later. So, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. And Dermy was right. It's a, it's a war of attrition. It's about your season. And if you're going well at that time of the year, keep going. If you're not, you don't, you shouldn't be able to give it a chance to get blokes back. It's not fair, but it's all about money. It's not about any other reason but money. Good on you, David. Um, we have sacrificed the Sunday final, which I actually think's a bit of a pity. That Sunday final yeah, through I the years, it. the ones that stick out, um, Carlton and Essendon, Port Adelaide and Richmond, North Melbourne and Richmond, Carlton and Richmond, Richmond. like heaving MCG crowds on that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, the, the, the combatants don't like coming up the next week after the yeah. Sunday. They're, that's for sure. But it did have something about it, didn't it? It, it had a, almost a, a tribal, earthy feel of a feel of the um, uh, the days of the parochial suburban football about it. And yeah. it was good for the Richmond fans because it didn't ruin their whole weekend, Jared. <laughs> didn't they play? Was, did they play Port Adelaide on a, yeah. on that yeah. Sunday yeah. Yeah. when Sunday they were horrible, came out zip seven? Yeah, they lost to they lost to a team that didn't even make the eight. <laughs> Father's Day. That was a high Carlton. point. The Father's Day special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Sunday final. <laughs> As Stuart's in Perth. Hello, Stuart. Cheers for reminding me of that day, King. Real big bloody. Get on your shoes. <laughs> I, I totally agree with Dermot. You can't you can't play, talk about with what you don't have. You got to play with what you got. And the likes of you know Shane Allen. If we go back a couple of years about Adelaide Crows, 
he probably would have got a kick. Um, you want to go back further, I don't reckon Port would have won that flag in 2004 if Brizzy didn't go in with injured players. They went in with injured blokes, and fair enough, they got knocked off. So I totally agree with Dermot. You know, another thing over here in the West, it used to be a queen, it, the Queen's birthday weekend here, so I got to watch the NRL Grand Final on a Sunday night now. I didn't have to worry about getting up, going to work the next day. <laughs> Good yeah. on you, Stuart. Yeah. Always back self-interest. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Stuart. Mick's in on the Gold Coast. Hello, Mick. Yeah, good day, Jared. Um, I was just wanted to ask uh, Dan about the um, uh, integrity of the finals and stuff. He mentioned that uh, team finishing eight uh, should get in on percentage. But what about what about clubs that play Gold Coast twice, for example, this year? They get a massive advantage with percentage when they're playing against teams lower in the ladder. There's no doubt about that, Mick. There is absolutely no doubt about that. It, it, that's why we have to fix the Gold Coast. Separate issue to what we're talking about here, but we have to fix them because if you... I mean, every time you play them, apart from there a chance to win a few in the first four weeks, you're looking at they might win one more somewhere along for the year. You've got to make it so that there is a struggle to beat them, even if you beat them more often than not. But when you can just pencil in four points beyond round four for every team that plays them, if you get them twice, you've got a huge fill-up. And, and about 15 percentage points. But I think if you looked at the... Someone tweeted out the ladder during yeah. the week and so West Coast Sw- was second. Sir Swamp Thing did. So so he's a star. He's a beauty. So this is one of the really important exercises. He's done exercises. more work this week than you already. <laughs> Who's that? Sir <laughs> Swamp. I didn't see him at the On awards nights. Sir Swamp. So, no, he's a beauty. So this is what the ladder looks like if only the first time through. So 17 rounds, you play each other once. Geelong, 13 and 4. West Coast, 12 and 5. Collingwood third, Giants fourth, Brisbane fifth, all 11-6. So Collingwood three, Giants four, Brisbane five. Richmond six, they're 11-6 as well, but they finish sixth. Port nine and eight, seventh. Bulldogs nine and eight, eighth. And the team that misses is Essendon, who slipped down to nine, 10, 11, 12, 13th at mm. eight and nine. Oh, God, so, so my boys didn't even make it under the second scheme. No. Yeah. <laughs> so the the carve up for this week's finals would be Geelong Giants, West Coast Collingwood in Perth, Brisbane Bulldogs in Brisbane in elimination final and Richmond Port Adelaide. That That is a substantially different ladder. Massive. Huge yeah. ramifications on uh, we're going to talk about coaches later on. I mean, Ken Hinckley's under pressure at the moment. He's not under pressure under, under that system. Mm. Fremantle finished ninth under this at nine and eight. Mm. They he missed only Jared, on percentage. It didn't matter because at the end of next year, he was going to be no good. <laughs> good on you, Mick. Theo is in Clayton South. Hello, Theo. Hello, Jared. I've got an idea for the wild card round where five games are played. Like one plays two for the minor premiers, three plays six, and four plays five for the double teams. Seven plays ten, eight plays nine, and then just return to the final eight just in the following week. One plays two to what end, Theo? Oh, no, Theo's gone. Yeah, no, he had to have a lay down after that. One plays two for the minor premiership. But there's nothing that really hangs on the minor premiership. Oh, you point. get the Dr. McClellan trophy, David. Sorry. <laughs> who, who? <laughs> that, I'll need that emailed through. I need to yeah. see that. I like something different, but I think that... So you've got three games at the top of Theo's uh, synopsis there that 
one plays two just for bragging rights. Yeah, and, right. and the Dr. McClellan Trophy, which I think I saw one hanging in the in the walls at Hawthorne once. Has there once. been a less celebrated trophy in the history the Dr. of the competition? Yeah. yeah. The, the the premier team at the end of home and away. No one ever comes out and says, like Richmond won't come out and say, we won the Dr. McClellan yeah. in 2018. Who was Dr. McClellan? Yeah. I don't think we're giving him much credit. I don't they, know how good he was, Jared, but... They named a driver after him well, down in Langwarren. Like when you go to the races, you go, who was LKS McKinnon? Yeah. And you go, well, he was the guy who tried to run Farlap out of the country and we honour him with oh. one of our great races. <laughs> really? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, Paul's in... And they will be changed during the week. Ringwood, hello to you, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, good morning. I've got two questions. Look, does the panel think there might be any possibility of, in this bye week, Team 17 plays Team 18 for the number one draft choice? That's uh, what? Hang on. No, and, and the and loser gets to, the choice? Yeah, so I presume the, the, winner winner, gets the, the winner gets the choice. That would be cruel on Gold Coast. That, that'd be resting players for the last four weeks of the year. Make, make them play so that they can come 17. Would it, would it make any difference? What do you mean? Well, if they get a concession draft pick, it doesn't make a, a world of difference. So Melbourne would be flat out trying to beat Gold Coast to get pick one. It wouldn't serve the competition very well. No. Well, well, they, well, they just beat them. Melbourne just the, beat them up the there, winner, remember? The winner gets the pick. Well, that was what Paul said. Yeah, so oh, you incentivise the winner, on. not the right, loser. Yeah. Sorry, You're not taking that the wrong way. Yeah. They mightn't win Gee. Melbourne. They just knocked them over. They were two goals down with, with 15 seconds yeah. to go. It is April since the Suns won. <laughs> <laughs> they mightn't win again until April. Well, they or, might lay they, down from round four. The last <laughs> time they won, it was 30 degrees. John's in East Bentley. Hello, John. John O. Morning. Just a general statement about this finals. The week off only benefits the bottom four. Uh, it evens up uh, the finals because um, they freshen up um, for a potential war of attrition, as Jeremy was spoke uh, had spoken about. Uh, the top the top four really um, want to really to go as per normal, no week off. Just uh, top four deserve a, a week off because of uh, the Um But the, having the week off only benefits. Uh, Every, uh, the bottom four because they can freshen up. Any thoughts? Yep. Oh, I think we agree. Yeah, I think we agree. And and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I know I understand that the counter argument. I just want good games. Mm. I don't know if advantages create good games. I, I I still think if you've got one or two injuries, I still think you can have good games. There are plenty of teams that have covered loss injury to key personnel gone out there and gone on and won finals. And I, I I think there's a little bit of heroics also in some of those stories, backstories of players that perhaps mightn't have played in home and away games that get out there in finals and still yeah. uh, uh, get the job done. Be great to have a chance to take a set of calls on crunch time. We might do it after 12 as well when we turn our attention to trade or draft. What Ooh. strategy should your team take? So more calls to come after 12. Let's and whether... Check James Sicily should have got in the All Australia. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Come on, you both. Russell Barwick's with us from Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, welcome. 
G'day, Jared. G'day, boys. Yes, I'm probably in agreement with that uh, gentleman about uh, no footy this weekend. Seems a bit flat, and it's not a bad idea to have the bottom four play. But uh, talking of the footy, I can tell you the premiership odds, well, about six or seven weeks ago, you could have got $15 Richmond. They're now $3.10 to win the flag. Geelong, four fifty, Collingwood, five fifty, Brisbane, six fifty, and then you go out to the Western Bulldogs, the best of the rest at around $14. So not much hope given to the likes of the West Coast GWS at this particular stage. Uh, and the Memsey Stakes today is we've got full coverage on SEN after crunch time. Well, it's going to be a great day. The uh, first of the group ones for Melbourne. Well, it's not spring yet, but, you know, you can feel it in the air. And uh, Elise is the favourite, 350. Uh, Stablemate Hartnell's third pick at 750. But all of the odds are on the website, unibet.com.au. And we've got our brand-new racing product. It's called Reboost. So you get better odds. You get your odds boosted over and over and over until you collect. So there's that option, and it's available every Wednesday and every Saturday, and I'm actually off to Rose Hill. Jared got one in the first, the highway, so cheer at home, number two, no emotion. <laughs> Very good, Russ. Any uh, old odds. Gives us something to keep an eye on. Good man. Get legendary <laughs> tips on At Odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Are Richmond as clear-cut favourites in your minds as they are in, in that market? Uh, right. Yeah, I, I've got them favourites. I think the loser of Brisbane-Richmond is the only one of those two matches that that loser can come back around and still make the grand final. I, I think if one of the other two, the Geelong-Collingwood team loses, they'll lose another game within two games. So you think Brisbane can come back around and win that prelim in Melbourne? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. That's the start of a conversation. Well, they, yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm 100% the other they, way. Yeah, all oh, right, okay. I thought they pushed Richmond well enough down here. The team which perhaps you could say at this point in time plays the MCG the best, uh, I thought they showed enough that they can push other lesser teams there. All right, scribble that down. We'll like come it. back through that. Uh, Glenn from New South Wales, the McClellan Trophy yeah. used to be awarded for the club as a res- um, first, second, and thirds. Award the club as a result of seniors, reserves, and under 19s. Yep. Points yeah. awarded for Points those. Calculated the winner. Lost and now, its significance when it turned to you, seniors only. What did you get for it though, George? Apart from the actual a trophy, mate. Like, I've seen stacks of them. Like the, they're in, like the they're old Herald Shield. It's a wooden plaque. Beauty. And then like a, you know, what do yeah. they call it? A relief, a bust that sits on there of Dr. McClellan's oh. um, bonce Have that you sits got, there. Do you hang them around your neck like you did a couple oh, of weeks ago? Mate, we got them in storerooms out at Hawthorne. <laughs> You're just, just hanging. We've got them propping up doors and using them as paperweights. Yeah, they're everywhere. Have you signed up? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your support for the Tasmanian team in the AFL and the AFLW yet. We're going to head to the Apple Isle next and talk about the campaign that has been mounted to demonstrate the public support for a 19th team. This is Crunch Time for Honda and for Subway. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning Crunch Time.
Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Tasmania's bid for an AFL and an AFLW licence has never been more coordinated. It has rarely had more momentum than this. The Tasmanian Task Force has done a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes. The next public step happened yesterday when the front pages of all three papers in Tasmania carried essentially the old Gough Whitlam, it's time, and the challenge to rally the people to demonstrate that this is not a state divided, but a state ready to get behind one team. One of those editors, the editor of the Hobart Mercury, Chris Jones, is with us on Crunch Time. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Jared. Good to be with you. Thanks for your interest. How effective a rallying call has yesterday been? Look, it has. I mean, the, 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 I think the really key point is it's hard to get your head around just how strong that divide between the north and the south is down here. You know, it's um, it's a historic rivalry. It's sort of like Carlton Collingwood. It's that ingrained. So really what we did yesterday, I was sort of thinking about it. It's like... You know, to understand this in events, sort of like John Elliott, maybe, and Eddie and Eddie Maguire getting in a corporate box and and, uh, and you know backing in the same team. Um, you know, this was all about uh, confronting that key excuse that uh, that AFL House always rolls out uh, in in relation to a Tassie team push, and that is that we are essentially two states in one, and if we can't get over ourselves, then uh, then the you know then the argument stops there. So what we were showing yesterday is, hey. That's enough of that. You know, we're, we want a team. Let's talk about uh, where it might play down the track. But uh, but we stand united as one state in, uh, you know, in sharing this dream. Have you had a sufficient enough response thus far, Chris, to be able to demonstrate your, your, your thesis? Well, so the task force is a pretty pretty uh, heavy hitter sort of task force. They're doing some amazing stuff. And, and one of their goals is to hit the 50,000 mark for pledges of support for this team. And that website unitedwestand.com.au is what we uh, launched out of the papers yesterday. Look, it's up to 5,000 so, so far. I suppose the first hurdle, which shouldn't take more than a 24 hours, is to knock over, you know, the Gold Coast Suns and their 12,000 membership. We'll have that by the end of the day, I imagine. And then it's really get into that 50,000 mark, which is, you know, it's a, it's a big it's a big target, but that's the idea is that's a, uh, yeah, that's a par sort of, uh, sort of membership in terms of the AFL. You know, there's 91,000 Tasmanians who are currently members of of AFL clubs, and um, so we think 50,000 is going to be uh, a, you know a pretty reasonable target. And I think also the key is, and and, and why it's great that you guys are showing interest is is to is, is to really spread the message up to all of those former Tasmanians who are living up there on the mainland to get onto that site and and pledge their support and their family's support at United We Stand. Have you been convinced, Chris, as a as a newspaper man, as an independent party looking at this, that mm. um, the task force has the building blocks in place to be able to make this case? Yeah. Look, previously it's true, right? The, the, these pushes by Tasmania, you know, essentially haven't been a hell of a lot more than you know a delegation turning up at AFL House with a petition and demanding a team. What these guys are doing now. Remember, these guys. This task force is led by Brett Godfrey, the bloke who set up Virgin Airlines. You got Grant O'Brien, the former boss of Woolworths. You got Paul Erickson, former CFO of GWS. Um, you know, a whole bunch of really big heavy hitters. And 
and and and, and helping them from the side um, is Nick Rewalt and Brendan Bolton, giving them a really good sense of all that other important stuff beyond just the business case. So you know, retention, club culture, high performance, all that other stuff. You know, this time that you know it's really about building a you know club from the ground up. Um, it's more than just a business case or a hey, we play football, we deserve a team. It's about actually showing that this is a club that uh, you know that that can stand on its own two feet that would be successful. Um, the chair of the task force, Brett Gover, he likes saying that this is about adding to the AFL pie and not taking a slice from it. The idea is to put a case before the AFL that we've considered everything. And so when that uh, next licence becomes available, that, uh, that there's no excuses anymore for Tasmania to not be... Uh, granted that license, Chris. There's always been a a, a bit of a, a backroom talk that the corporate dollars will come initially, but to hang on to that influx, that input of corporate dollars after the initial contract or however long you can sign them for for any deal, you know, a startup year or a three year deal at the start, it will wane away, and there's not enough industry there to support thereafter. How do you answer that one? Well, I would suggest I'd, I'd ask where say you know where's Emirates based? It's not based, um, you know, not based in Melbourne. You know, this isn't necessarily you know in terms of corporate sport. It doesn't have to just come out of the island. Um, you know, we're we're talking about a team here in the national comp, and um, you know, it's not about actually just saying, hey, what can you guys do in Tasmania? It's about saying, hey, this is our chance to to compete on the big stage, and. Um, you know, I reckon it'd be a really successful team, and uh, and you know the corporate sport would be there, and you know in the in, in the long run, I'm sure. What what markers along the way will give us an indication that this is likely to be successful? Instead of just the initial, you, you, you targeted twelve thousand members there. Instead of that, or post that, what would be another marker that things are tracking as they should? Well, really, the time frame the task force is talking about is putting that business case to the AFL by the end of the year, and. Really, what they're about is is saying, um, you know, like let's give, let's let's do what uh, what Gillen granted us last year in relation to a VFL team um, from 2021. Give us a provisional license, so that this isn't just another example of, you know, a Tasmanian case being put in a filing cabinet, which is probably bulging by now. A filing cabinet there in AFL House, I reckon, that's got a sign on it saying previous Tasmanian bids. This is about <laughs> saying, hey give us that provisional licence and give us somewhere to actually go with this and move forward. Um, you know, it's not... And, and the great thing is these guys are not being unrealistic. You know, these guys are people who, who, you know, they wouldn't be wanting to attach their name to something dodgy. They're presenting something that's strategic, well-planned, and they're sort of saying, look, realistically, 2023 would be great, but, you know, there's those whispers about the broadcast deal maybe extending for a couple more years, so that takes it to 2025. And then you're starting to think, well, that's probably not a bad run-in because it gives you a good five years to build this up and build this case um, rather than trying to, you know, with that promise of, of a provisional licence to give you that security rather than sort of expecting the AFL to turn on a dime um, when this is presented at the end of the year and say, yeah, sure, Tassie, here, have a team. This is about a, you know, a, a longer running thing. Chris, I had the chance, the opportunity once to go and spend a week with the um, Green Bay Packers in Wisconsin and they were telling me culturally they had an enormous job attracting African-American athletes to the city. They said it, it, culturally it was very difficult to get them there and they had to every time pay overs to those elite athletes. Have you thought down the track about what it might look 
And I'm thinking it would take complete nutter-overs to get someone like a Dusty Martin to play there. I'm not saying him, but that ilk of player to get them to move from mainland to Tasmania. You're always looking to improve and get the best. Have you thought what it might look like culturally to get players to come from mainland to go and play at Tasmania? Well, I'd say it'd be easier than getting them to go and play on the Gold Coast. But um, I'd also say, hey, have you been to Tasmania recently? I mean... You know, this is not uh, Tasmania of, uh, you know, of, of, of the past anymore. This is a great place to live now. And um, I, I just don't see that as much of an issue. Um, and, um, you know, this, this, is, this would be an opportunity for these guys, of course, to play in, you know, to play in the big league with a team that would be highly successful. And, um, you know, it's not exactly, uh, you know, talking about GWS or Gold Coast Suns or these sort of teams. Um, this, this, this Tassie team, I just, don't, I just don't think you'd have those, those dramas anymore. Chris, we'll wait and watch and see the count grow as to what sort of demonstration of, of power happens across uh, Tasmania in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for your time today. Unitedwestand.com.au, boys. Good stuff. Chris <laughs> Jones is the editor of the Hobart Mercury. Uh, this is a much more coordinated and incisive approach than, than they've had previously, I think, of, of banging yeah. the drum and saying it should be us. Well, this is, this is put together by the people down there, the locals down there that are wanting it. It's not an AFL initiative. So it's coming from a base, a group of people that want inclusion rather than the AFL saying, this is where we are going to start something up. It's, it's going to be tough, Jared. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're fighting a tough fight. When you see the investment of GWS and Gold Coast and the drain on finances and then talent... You know, the talent drain has been enormous, shared across Huge. the extra two teams. That's There's not enough spoken about yeah. 400 and something trot out each week now Forget compared the to 240 yeah. a couple of decades ago. Drain. They're going to shoot to be a, a, 500, a $50 million club per year. There's a financial model around that. Nick Revolt's doing a lot of work around the players that they might be able to gather. So that's a conversation that is going to be ongoing for sure. This is crunch time for Honda and for Subway. The award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. It's the Gap Week edition of Crunch Time. So far, we've solved the problems of what to do with this weekend. We've we? solved Tasmania. Reckon? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> we've splintered in all sorts of directions thus far in what we've done. There's no consensus to be reached here. It's Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton and David King. There, there, you know what? We can, we can guarantee that this weekend will present a hundred of the worst ideas you've ever heard. Yeah. With you just some heard sort, one of them I off I just air. heard one with some irrational foundation to it, Jared, and we're going to be part of that. And, and the <laughs> other thing is, what's our callback number? If you've actually played under-19s and you've heard the coach mention the Dr McClellan yeah. trophies up for grabs late in the year, give us a yell and let us know the coach's name and the club. I thought it was like one of those, you know, sometimes in, in America you see those movies, and I think it's a real thing, where the president gives one of the special ops guys a, a medal that no one will ever know about. <laughs> special do ops? Not, do not... Do not, black ops. Do not tell anyone about this medal. Do not tell them how you won it. Move on. That's the McClellan Trophy. The McClellan, if you want to school us in the history of the McClellan Trophy, 0433 98 11 16, you can shoot through a text along the way. Um, 
to trade or to draft. Yeah. So there are 10 clubs who are out of business. It's been a fractious week on a few different fronts. The Eddie Betts scenario intrigues. Stephen Canelio settled one of the open questions of the potential trade season when he re-signed at the Giants. For Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, North Melbourne, Fremantle, St Kilda, Sydney, Carlton, Melbourne and Gold Coast. For the fans of those teams, all there is to do now is ponder how to get better, how to be part of it at this time next year. We probably just should run in order, really, of ninth down on Mm. the concept of what to do next. We just give it a fraction of context. Then we did this with Jerry on Monday two weeks ago. We talked about the Brisbane Lions, their, their last two years at the, tra- at the trade slash draft table. These, these are their last six trades. They have only made six. Charlie Cameron's come in. Luke Hodges come in. Jared Lyons, Marcus Adams, Lincoln McCarthy and Lockie Neal. That's They're their last playing. six. That's their yeah. last six acquisitions. They're all playing. Massive impact. All mature. All good to go. It's the moment they drop their bag next to the new locker. So they did their heavy lifting in the draft and then they strategically went, whack, this is what we need. And the result of it is the leap that we've seen. So, so my theory, be right or wrong, Dermot, get your opinion on this, is that you draft to build the foundation of quality and then you get to a point on the ladder where you say, okay, we now need to become... A contender, we need to get that last couple of pieces in the puzzle, whether it be a Brian Lake or whether it be a Darren Jolly. Uh, what, what sort of piece you need, mm. I don't think it matters to have a floor or an exposed floor on your list, a spot on your on your uh, in your profile that's failing. Given that when you get to that point, you can throw a draft, a first round draft pick in to, to fix that problem. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree with that? That's the order it should go. Yeah, um, my that that modus operandi of acquiring your talent or building your team is if you can get two years in a row where you can get enough high draft choices, you build the frame. You build a skeleton in four years' time, that that framework, you can flesh it out with trading out your your first choices and the likes for mature age players to come in and complement those talented kids that you acquired four years ago. Just put some flesh around that, yeah. All right, so let, let's do it, shall we? Oh. Let's start with Hawthorne, oh. who dropped four wins and dropped five places from 15 and 7 last year to 11 and 11 this year. To trade or to draft? Oh, I, I think they'll trade. They'll yeah. trade? I think they'll trade. Clarkson, I get the feeling... I've never spoken to Alistair about it personally, but I get the feeling that Alistair likes to know what's coming into the club. He likes to know their capabilities. Now, there's every player in the history of the game has some kind of warts about them and the way they play. So you never get, you're never getting Superman. But if you can draft like a, a Chad Wingard, he knows what he's getting with Chad Wingard. Took took 18 weeks for Chad to reach his best, but he now knows what he's got going forward. So, so, so you, are you, they, they can't trade their first round pick this year because they've already traded two mm. in the past... Four. That's the rules. So, so I reckon they would try otherwise. So, yeah, but yeah. they have to hang on to their yeah. first round first by, by AFL standard. Yeah, yeah. Rules. yeah. The yeah. they'll be able discussion. to get that waived. Get it waived. Yep, because that's a that's uh, an early wave, Jerry. We just start the system. Yep, oh, but it's there for the clubs who might recklessly do it. Oh, I think you make your submission and get that waved. Oh, that's well, that's, that's a, a different slant. This would be the first. It would, it would only be of it, yeah, but because 
no team has done it before. We, haven't, we wouldn't have gone past the four-year qualification period. Mm. I think they'll they'll simply apply there. They'll go, yes, you, you know what you you're You said that as if you had got some inside info yeah, on that. Very oh, schooled on that. Just straight up and down. That's the yeah. first thing you've been strong on all day, dude. You've had a quiet <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> so you think they'll get that waived? Yep, I do. Because I reckon it's... Do you think they already made as, that submission regarding Cornelia? Uh... Yeah, I, I would. I would think they've got their ducks in a row. I, I think it's there as a precaution against clubs who are doing crazy things. Or Hawthorne are not doing crazy things. They know precisely what they're doing. Okay. Well, on the back, that that changes the conversation because I was going to ask you, Doom, do they have to trade their second round it? pick yeah. or and trade out players? How does it look? I, I I think Alistair, you know, we did our forecast, and I was not was not all that confident in Hawthorne this year. I think I had them ninth. I think in my my viewpoint, thereabouts, I thought they might be an 11-11 team. Um, I'm actually half bullish about them next year to climb again. Reason being, Mitchell, they found Warple's progress without Mitchell to be Scully enormous. Scully will be better. Wingard will be better. Yeah, and so when they get Mitchell back, it's complemented now by Warple. And now if with that draft pick, if they bring in a ready-made, they're starting to get once again... Six-ish, if you count them, A-graders in the team. Well, Patton's coming in. We know that they're going to acquire Patton with probably a third-round pick, really, in the end. It'll be a bargain. Don't know how what happens with Isaac Smith? There's been no real movement there, has there? Yeah, but what he was capable of doing in the last few weeks, I've never been one who's subscribed to the feeling of, oh, well, while he's got currency, he should stay. I would hope... and think that he should stay a Hawthorne player all the way through. His running capabilities, he may as well be, next to his name, may as well be 25 years of age, the way he can run. He came in a bit later too as well. So I, I think they'll probably uh, trade picks for to climb rather than draft for, for juniors. So they'll try and find a you know somebody down the rear end with picks three or four or something like that with another warp or something like that. Everybody wants to do that. But I think they'll, Clarkson will want to know the values of the players he brings in, i.e. another one who's already played seniors. I'm, I'm just slightly distracted here. There's a great set of texts coming about the McClellan trophies. Oh, oh beautiful. Those. Beautiful. <laughs> send them through. <laughs> They're very good. Beautiful. 8 <laughs> Port Adelaide finished 10th. They dropped a win from last year, so they were 12-10 and 10 in 18. They went 11-11. They finished 10th both years. So they've had a go at both the trade and the draft. What do they do next? What, what, what's their exclusions this year? Who who's they've dropped off so far? Have they named their... They're out players? No. Uh, so Sam Gray's requested a trade. Paddy Ryder's requested a trade. Well, he'll end up at St Kilda Ryder. Okay. So they, I think they were the two from the exit interviews. Yep. I would go, I would go, now that they've gone Dersma, Connor Rosie, um, Butters, Butters yeah. I think they follow that again. And, and they've got a chance to make a group of five or six A-grade players all within... 24 months birth age age of each other so therefore they can grow up through the team together and they're still going to reach their peak capabilities while the likes of Wines is there, Clurie's a key back they're still going to be there so they can build something I think with a reasonable foundation to go forward in three, four years time yeah. I think this this the fascination for me in the off season is going to be Port Adelaide mm. I, 
you know, trade one year, draft the next. And, and, and I've heard all the, the arguments and the counter arguments as to why it was a great decision because of these three kids mm-hmm. that have come through. And that's fantastic. But th- their problem is their senior core. So I think they've, I think they have to go back to the draft because there's no guarantee that that senior block you're talking about, Derm, like his only one's going to become an elite player. Yeah, Travis Boak carried the can for the most of the season. Is Sam Pepper going to become an elite player? Who, who who are the guys that are going to drive that next premiership campaign? Is it going to be that? Is it going to be the the group that are there at the moment? If not, don't top up to give them a chance because I fear they may they may they may not get to that level. So then you've got to just you've just got to bank that those three or four kids you've got on your list at the moment they've got a really good backline. They they got the ability to grow. Uh, on the back of these young kids, but it's two or three years away. Oh, no doubt. So That's what I'm saying. You've got to draft a game because these kids from last year, you've got to get them to be 75-game players and then yeah. bring in this they, year's, they, they who they'll trade. draft this year. But then you add to that, Wines is only three years older than them. So whatever you think he's going to be, Cleary's only going to be three years older than him. But they've got, so to, be they're go- yeah. they've got to be good. They've got to be good. Yeah. I'm not worried about the, the necessarily their age. They've got to drive the, the club to, to You're the You're not drafting. Yeah, that, that goes without saying. You're not drafting somebody to not be good. you just got to assume when you draft somebody, you're drafting because you see something that you believe that they can be a quality addition to your team somewhere in the future. So you just have to assume that they're going to be good. But you've got to get them as a mass all within about three or four years of age. They can't trade to make finals, Jared. I think this is the real... This is the conundrum. You've got a coach under pressure who desperately needs finals to endorse the contract that they've given him, the extension that they've given him, and the pressure that's on from from above. So do they fall for the trap of, yes, we'll go and get that guy because he can help us play finals? That might be the case, but the pick you give up may stop you winning a premiership. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'm that's the argument. 100% in the draft camp here. Yeah. They've done the heavy lifting. Add two more to the three that you've already got and build the core, so I reckon. Trade that- out another, another potential top liner? Well, I think with Ryder and, um, and Gray going, you might be able to just nudge your way up. So I think inside 25, they, I reckon they, they want to end up with another peak inside 25. But so, it's just my view. Yeah, so on that, David, they're 18 to 22s. I think are all right. You, you never know whether they're going to end up genuine superstars. But like uh, we mentioned Wines, Ryan Burton, that type of player, you add another 80 games into them, that's the kind of core you want. Adelaide is 11th, 12 and 10 last year, 10 and 12 this year. They actually climbed a place from 12 to 11. Heaven knows what Whoa. this is all going to look like. This is as combustible a scenario as you would see. Almost a start again for me. Start again? Start again. Well, that, that answers that, Jared. There's no grey area there. What, in which... Tell me their A-graders. Tell me their pace. Turn it on to me. I thought you were making a mistake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let me, let me All roll right, off. So tell us what that looks yeah. like. Okay, let me roll off. Their midfielders are same, same, same. Um, they're, they're good players in the midf- midfield are quite selfish. They kick chase. And this they, they all play to win. But it, within your own soul, the way you play, you want to do well, and if you do well, you can play for the team. But they attract the ball when they shouldn't attract the ball. They demand the ball come to them, it goes sideways and it stops forward movement. That's some of their 
their midfielders. There is no express pace in the midfield. They cannot make the ball travel anymore. They cannot be a team which tries to attack out of the back half. Opposition teams have woken up to that. You cannot get Josh Jenkins to run into open goals because your back line absorbs pressure and then you springboard out there, out of there with Seedsman and, and Brody Smith and then the ball goes express to the other end. It's not going express anymore. You look at your forward line, it is imbalanced and it doesn't function properly unless the ball comes out at express pace. It's not coming out like that anymore. I don't know how you can look at that team and say, right, all we need is... Mm. They need everything. Yeah. No, they I, need I, so much. I agree with that. And, and number one will be the game plan. They've got to go back to more traditional style of football because two and a half years ago... Traditional modern style football, yeah, you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the profile that, that seems to be um, yeah. scoring at the moment because their counter-attack game, opposition teams are too good now defensively. So they've got to go back to not the over-the-back goal all the time doesn't avail in itself as much anymore. Teams will actually say, we can cope with two of them a game. Yeah. But they're not even, they're not even getting they're not getting the on two. transition. Yeah. I think they're... I've made this comment that they've got, to, they've got to put a block of players together. Put the names where you want. And it's no slight on these players individually, but they need to couple three, four, five players together to get that elite pick off the Gold Coast Suns. And I do think the AFL will give them effectively pick two. Yep. And I do think they'll be asked to trade that pick by the AFL to get mature bodies in. It's the perfect time for Adelaide to get aggressive. Now, if they choose not to, I think they, they, they make it very difficult for Don Pike to correct this ship immediately. I'm wondering too, Jared. You might know more about this. Are they working behind the scenes to get Lukosius back? Both. Clubs. They'd have to be, wouldn't both, they? Both South Australian. How do they? How do they facilitate that? Mm. I think I, my my gut feeling that strategically is you would try to pick out pick two this year, and then let Lukosius ripen for another year, uh, and then have the crack at that. One year down the track, I think you'd if the priority pick comes in play, I think you would you would go flat yeah. out for that. It's a race. It's a race between the two ugly sisters in Adelaide <laughs> to become the most attractive philicosis. <laughs> Twelfth North Melbourne, twelve and ten last year, ten and twelve this year. So they dropped two wins. They dropped three places to draft uh, to draft or to trade. David, oh, for the Kangas, um, no, I think they just stick to stick to the draft. I mean, they've done really well. I mean, Taron Thomas is going to be a, a fantastic player. Fantastic player. They've got enough senior bodies there. They're a bit different to, to Port Adelaide. Their senior core turn up every week and, they, and they'll keep doing it. Mm. They may not have the express speed in the midfield that they need. Um, that's something that they, they need to make a priority. But I think Simpson, Simpkin will become a good midfielder for them. Not sure whether he'll be elite, but he'll be very good. Um, no, I think they've got a good handle on where they're at. What... What do you think they need? Just speed. Point of, a point of difference in that midfield. They've got, they've got great ball winners. Um, but apart from Sean Higgins, no one that really threatens to rip the game apart. So he's he's coming to the, you know, to the end of his career. I don't know whether he's still there next year or not. So, but so would you be open to trading him? Um, I would. See, the Kangaroos have got space in the salary cap. I'd be saying to a Geelong, we'll sign him for you. We'll sign him for three years and we'll pay him $700,000 a year out of our salary cap, but we don't want your second round pick, we want your first round pick. And we're going to take the wage on for three years. So there's no impost to the Geelong salary cap, 
but it costs them an elevated pick. That, that, that would be one way for the kangaroos to turn cash into selections. That's what they need to do. And it's always been an issue for the kangaroos to get selections, isn't it? Get, get high-selected players, high-net-worth players to transfer to that club. Well, not, not even transferring a player, we're just getting the pick. Mm. You're talking about getting the elevated pick and that, yeah. that's going to get you the player. But yeah. if you wanted to go down that line, they've always had an issue trying to get those types of players. Yeah, and I think the only two players realistically that could do that would be Todd Goldstein and, uh, and, and Sean Higgins. So I think Goldie would be, I mean, whilst he's, I think he's 31, um, but he, he'd be still very attractive for a, a number of years yet. Mm. A late starter to football. You know, he's just an aerobic beast. He's, he's, he's got three or four good years left in him. Uh, I couldn't. I, I know, and I hear your logic. I couldn't, if I was in North Melbourne Colours, trade out Higgins. I just couldn't do it. I think he's probably giving you skills in so many games, but he's probably getting you over the line for three or four wins It's an option, a though, year. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is an option. And I don't know that you your season look would be that great if you take, let's say, three wins off them. So what, what Kangaroos will want to sign him to a one- to two-year deal. He will want more than that and he will want more than they want to pay him. Mm. So it, there's an there's a, there's a inherent tension in that discussion. But, uh, yeah, but I still go back to step one. They've got him. Yep. Fremantle finished 13th. They were 8 and 14 last year. They went 9 and 13. So they added a win and they climbed a place to be there. Trade or draft? Well, this is they've got to go to the draft. There's no doubt about that because they tell us that this list isn't good enough for the end of next year, Jared. So there's no option. Now, I think they've done the development program. They've punched 60 games into these kids quickly. I think that they're second or third on games played by the drafted uh, players over the last four years. They're right up there. So the, the, the exposure to senior AFL football is, is, is real. Now, I think they've got enormous talent. They're actually well-placed. I don't see this being... Um, I don't see this being a five-year period out of the eight term by any stretch. I think they're right to come back in as early as next season. The easiest question to ask straight up is, are they deep enough through the midfield? They've got a serious star in the midfield, but they looked their best when they were able to move the ball through Walters going into the midfield. That's when I thought they looked their absolute best. But then... They've got in the forward line. You want Walters there actually because he gives them raw talent. Whereas I think their key forwards. They've got half a dozen key forwards. None of them are ever going to be in the top three key forward category of the league. I, I honestly believe that. Hogan. I don't think he's going to be in the top three key forwards. I think Chera and Brayshaw will take over more midfield responsibility next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and while five still got years of, of, of high-level service to give a fantastic time for them to have that transition period. That's a great question, and I hope he does. When you say years for Nathan Fife, yeah. can you put a rough number? Is it, is it a three, and, three to four years? Is it five to six years? Because I worry about him, how, how, how volatile he makes his own statement in play, how he throws himself at 27. it. 27. Yeah, and he's, his elbow is one thing that happens. Then we see him hit the ground and he clutches at his shoulder. He, he has brutalised himself the way he plays. No. Oh, he's, he, to me, Derm, he, he will be their minimum Five six years, okay. minimum. Mm. Don't think I, I, I think a, a touch less, a touch less than that. 
Okay, put that on file, Ross. I think we'll back <laughs> over that one when he wins the and Brownlow. I, in I hope we're both wrong. I hope we're both wrong and he goes seven or eight. But I think he brutalises himself the way he plays. St Kilda went from four wins to nine wins. They climbed two places on the ladder. They are they're neck deep in trades by the sound of things. Oh. Trade or draft. It's a huge increase for just two two places, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we know that uh, they're chasing Ryder. I think we know that. They want a capable Ruckman to give relief to Rowan Marshall, but you don't want to take away Marshall's um, influence in the middle of the ground. So what you're looking for is somebody who can definitely play as a forward, uh, in a role as a forward with a plum, uh, and therefore give good relief ruck work. You don't want it the other. You don't want to go Prusu, who's a, a, a centre square ruckman, and use him as backup. But you can't use him as backup because he doesn't really play forward. So it would seem Paddy Ryder is a very, very good fit. And I don't think you want to take Marshall out of there and turn him into a key forward, even though you could. Marshall's not doing anything dissimilar to a Brodie Grundy at the same age. Mm. Grundy's probably, at the end of the day, you know, stand by himself. But Marshall has done incredibly well. So you, you, you think he could lock that in and it would suit Paddy Ryder as well. Took the punishment in last year's draft to go after Max King, knowing they wouldn't get a return in 2019. I think the Caulfield, Hunter Clark, previous year's top liners will will dictate where they're going to in the next short term. You know, Hunter to, Clark's last third of the season was very incredibly good. Yeah, good. very good. And they get, they're going to pay. I mean, the, the Paddy McCartan discussion. I mean, you, you start you start missing with those elevated picks or not getting the full return on them. That's when it starts to hurt you. They're back to the draft. I, I, again, Jared, I hope that they're still understanding where they're at. For me, it would be a false spike. If they were if they were to finish Hawthorne-like of 2018 top four, to me it wouldn't be a sustainable top four or top six or, you know, that, that sort of area. I think that they've got some – still got a foundation to build. Graham Allen, Gabby Allen's, they're involved now. So there will be no illusions as to where they are at. Sydney, they dropped six games and they dropped nine places. They went from 14 and eight to eight and 14. Their uh, their trade central usually the Swans trade or draft. Oh, I think they're going to trade. I think they're going to trade that number one picture. And I think they they maybe maybe shuffling some cash around to go after a big fish. Mm. Yeah, which fish pray tell? Oh, there's, there's a, a lot of noise about Zach Jones exiting too, isn't there? Yeah, Papley's still one that's heavily in discussions elsewhere. I, I, I think Carlton believe there's still a chance to get Papley, despite the fact he's got two years on contract. Mm. Um, what colour does this fish oh, wear at well, the moment? I don't want to say too much, Jared. It's the gap week, you know. Mate, We're all enjoying the weekend off. What are we? What are we doing? Paying you to come on here and be silent? Well, <laughs> I, I think they're after a big fish, Jared. That's all I'm going to say. Well, can you give us no, some sort of clue? Is he literally big? He's literally big. Yeah. Oh yeah, and is he big literally forward? skinny? I'm not saying anymore. <laughs> we got time for a break. <laughs> Swans to trade for big fish. <laughs> David King won't say which fish. This is crunch time for Honda and for Subway. The award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. 
Jackie Chan opened the FIBA Basketball World Cup overnight? His, his mouth was moving and the words were coming out a little bit later, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> he was singing. <laughs> it was delayed. Yeah. The, the, the host, he kicked them in the mouth, though. Jackie Chan. Want to fight? Fight me. Come on, lads. Kingy is clearly talking about Danaher. Oh, no. Hey, hey, hey David. Hey. Oh. That's sneaky, Jared. There's not even a text there that says that. <laughs> it's the burner account. Spoke to <laughs> Terry Danaher during the week. He said they're feeding out up at Angary. So feeding. they might. They're feeding out. Yeah. They're, okay. they're, it's costing them thousands each week to roll out the hay. And good luck to everyone on the land. They're doing it tough up there. He might need to go home to help out on the farm. To trade or to draft, we're up to Carlton, who went from 2 and 20 to 7 and 15. They rose only from 18th to 16th, but they added five wins in the process. They are clearly trading. Yeah, they are. And, and I, you know, we're talking about Papley now, aren't we? If you throw Papley into that team, that's exactly what they, they lack, they I need, think. That, the, really, the, the pieces of the puzzle, they probably, the two things they need, they need another Ruckman to come in post-cruiser, and they need a small forward with real good game craft. Who can play a little bit of midfield. You want that anyway, out of any small forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. Um, Generally, those players aren't high cost. They're not necessarily a first-round pick, are they? They're becoming high cost because they're as rare as hen's teeth. Mm. Good ones. So you're looking at the good ones. That's, I mean, the, the ultra model right now is Michael Walters at the... Dockers. That's the ultra model of what you're looking at. A really good small forward, goal-kicking capabilities with great craft who can soak up a few midfield minutes to give you some relief in your rotations. Done, if you look back at what they've done, Jared, and I know Sauce has got a lot of feedback for, for what's happened in the last few years, but there are three trades last year. McGovern, Newman and Setterfield. Okay. Tick, Setterfield's come good. Tick there yep. for, the, for those yep. three while still getting Walsh and Stocker, and you can talk about that uh as much as you like. The one that needs to come through is is, is Paddy Dow. If Paddy Dow can go back to that, you know, ball-carrying threat uh, out of a midfield, I think that he can I make... I think he can. Yeah. I, I truly think he can. He's... Um, some Sometimes you've watched him in just isolated captions of play, but he's got some raw pace, and that's going to stand him in really good stead when you've got the other bulls in there winning the ball. Uh, other than the romance of it, does the concept of Eddie Betts back at Carlton make any sense at all in this moment? From a Carlton point of view, I don't like it. I I don't know why there is a need. He's not a cherry on top of a a premiership tilt or a premiership campaign. Uh, I don't understand it, really, to be honest, apart from uh, a feel-good story. And we're not into feel-good stories. No. We're not. Not not in... What? You're not into feel-good stories. What happens if they offer... If they say, here you go, we're soaking up his wage, Carlton, and the best deal we can get is pick 60. And he plays 20 games this year and 20 the year after? Well, he might play 15 this year. So there's, there's, I'd rather invest that 15 games into the future. What happens if he helps you win you've had no two sleep. games? You went to the after party last night. You've had no sleep and you've come in here cranky and they're going to take it out on me. I think... It would be better served to hang on to that finance, forward load your, your contracts, and and build a wedge in your. In your I think Adelaide are going to pay, have to pay some of his wage if they move him on. But I'm, I'm more worried about the games. Mm. And Eddie will be a good player for you. He'll be a good contributor. He'll hit the scoreboard. How many more games will you win next year with Eddie 
in the team as opposed to Eddie not in the team? What, mm. one or two maybe? Is, that, it, is it worth it? If they it? don't get Papley, does that change it? Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't do it personally. Who have you earmarked within the list? Who have you earmarked for that role? So they, so they go, what did they win this year? Five? Six, uh, seven. Seven. Um, so to go from seven to 11, who have they earmarked for that role? I don't bother having a look at the list. There's probably no one really jumping at it saying, that's mine, I aspire to that. So term. Yada, yada. Yeah. I know it's sacrilege to say, but Eddie looks finished. You don't want to say it too loud and too... He'll be 33. I mean, maybe it's the environment. So I'll give him the pass on that. The one thing I look at Eddie is, even though he's wonderfully skillful at ground level, as a goal square player for a small full forward... When he used to jump and there was a player in front, he'd jump, he'd get up to them, over the shoulders, and sometimes he'd even topple over the front. Eddie can't get high enough now, so he topples over the front of the contest. He and jumps you, and, you he, still want and he falls him. back. And you still want to pick him up? Because he might kick you 30 goals. Yep. And he might help you jump two or three places while, and while you then chase Papley for the following year, in the last year of his contract, or another kid comes in. You, you draft a kid with one of the higher positions. He just might serve you when he's costing you very little because Adelaide will take up some of his wage and he's cost you very little to get there. You can't turn your back on it. I'm with you. It's not a priority to get him there. But he might help you if it costs nothing. Not for me. 33 years of age, oh, 40 games of what? what what's, the, what's the purpose? What's the point? You're so sour on the world. No, Where have, I love where's your life been? Oh, that's a whole other segment. Let, let's go to Melbourne, shall we? <laughs> Please do, Jerry. topics. Drop 12 places, drop nine wins. Was a drive by. Um, nine wins in 12 places. What are Melbourne doing? Sure. Well, well their, their trade period will be fascinating to see who they put up rather than who they look to acquire. Mm. Um, something needs to change. I don't think they can even contemplate moving forward without someone because they've got a core of players who look as if they're good to go right now in in their in the progress of their career they look like they're good to go now and they've played the right amount of games they need someone who can draw the ball everybody needs a, a, a number one a, a, a top line player in their forward line I don't know what they've got there is a grade key position. Everybody needs one, I know that, and they don't grow on trees, but they seem to suffer more than others. McDonald, who's been out, Tom McDonald, I think he, along like I've made this mention before, that I think along with Josh Bruce can be incredibly good second string key forwards, but they need somebody else there who's capable of giving movement, explosive movement, drawing the footy and taking the heat. There's no one around, though, is there? I know those. That's what I'm... I'm yeah. But so, they need something. They so, need to find some way of doing that. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's likely to happen. I think they're better off going for a, a skillful ball um, ball user, a, a wingman or a, a even a, out of the back line. They're not a skillful back line. They're not. I mean, they've got Salem down there. He's, he's the one they talk about as... The, the executor out of the back half, he can slice through the middle, he can do whatever. But apart his from last Christian, few games, my, my, he was lucky to hang on in the last month of football. His last but few games were, uh, we're not into 
They need. Oh, we don't mind cutting down the odd one. Yeah. His last few games were dreadful. They need. They need, in my opinion, to just recruit skill. And, and if that skill's got speed, it's it's almost tick. So would you trade one of your, um, one of your assets, one of your inside mid assets? They, they're going to have to give it. something up. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And I don't know who that name is, but if Angus Brayshaw wants to leave, then now's a good time, I think. Because he's got massive currency, you'll get you'll get sensational selections on the way back. But you've got to you've got to make those selections the players that are going to hurt in terms of when they get the ball, you score. Melbourne don't have that at the moment. So you got Brayshaw, Viney, Oliver, uh, uh, Clayton Oliver, and the rise of ha- Harms was good for them this year. Uh, now Harms, I think, was probably the most honest out of all of them. But he might be because in, in just in raw talents, he's probably fourth in line of them for what he can give. He might be the one that somebody actually says, we need him. I'm excited by Sparrow. I know we haven't seen enough of him yet, but I'm excited by what he can do. He's got just... He's got um, breakaway speed, all power. Uh, he Maybe not the best finisher, but he'll be something different in that midfield over the next um, 12 to 24 months. And then we get to Gold Coast, who won three games. They won four games last year. They've gone from 17th to 18th. They've put the submission to the commission. And I think it's it's pretty reasonable valid. to say that they're going to end up with pick one and two. It's valid. You just have to do something that's so that the... Well, you, you mentioned, if you've just joined us now listening in, you mentioned a ladder that would, the way a ladder would look if each and every team only played the Gold Coast once. And it, it distorts distorts the ladder incredibly. If you play them in the last 17 rounds, it, it distorts everything. They made a huge error in, in trading pick two for Lockie Weller mm. two seasons ago. I mean, that... To me, you know, we're going to give... It was an error at the time. It was always an error. So there's no hindsight in this. It was a terrible trade at the time. Everyone called it. Yeah. Other clubs were aghast that it happened. Yeah, and so it was was like they were the only people in the world that believed this would be be the way forward. So that that pick was... was, Andrew Brayshaw from... from, who's now over at Fremantle, clearly. That is exactly what they need. I think they've got to give up picking up players that are, that are inherently list cloggers, guys that are already C-grade when you get them. They're going to play some football for you, but they're not really taking you anywhere. They're just, they just buy, they buy a wedge of time, and I get they can shoulder the load, so some of these young kids, they, you know, those days are gone. I think they've got to aim for the star. They could maybe have to get some special exemptions to do that. Um, either draft you know, high-end talent and develop them or get absolute bona fide, ready-made you know, top liners or leadership profile players, nothing in between. I mean, you look at last year, Miles, Hall and Smith, um, Homsch, Corey Ellis. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not fitting in either of those categories. So don't, don't draft or trade for players that are in that, in that void in the middle, for me. Yeah, uh, in a world of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer that the league has to... I don't know just giving them pick one and two is going to do it. I, I would like to see them even, and I know it's going to be a dirty word, but we used to have the, the cola for Sydney and that's gradually and ever so slowly been phased out. But just for pure retention up there, I don't know whether... I'm kind of leaning towards you got to pay them overs to keep them there. 
it might have to come down to something like that in the future. You know, when they're giving this pick this season, mm-hmm. at the same time, I would give them the end of first round pick next year. Yep. At the same time. So no, let's not have this discussion again next year. Let's do it all in one hit. So we, we, we all talk about blocking five or six selections across two years in yeah. the top 25. Let's do it now so that if you want to whinge and complain, you can, can whinge and complain once about yes. both items. <laughs> yep. Let's not drag it out over two years. Yeah. Good, good, sensible suggestion. Oh, hey, you're, just you're, to... like the, you're like the bloke who doesn't call to say I'm coming home late because he doesn't <laughs> want to get in trouble twice. <laughs> just on the Papley front. ask for forgiveness than permission, yeah. So Papley's got four years to run. He hit a trigger which... which um, activated the next three years. So he's got four years to run with the Swans. It would be, in those circumstances, extraordinary if he ended up anywhere else mm. when you've got that long. So yeah. um, that's that would take a hell of a lot of manoeuvring. All right, so that's to trade or to draft for the ten teams that missed. The eight teams who are still active will turn our attention there next. And... And we'll back over the McClelland Trophy. <laughs> this is Crunch Time for Honda and oh, for Subway. Can't you win one? Of special significance is the on-field achievements over the 2012 to 2015 seasons that included the 2013 AFL Grand Final and the McClelland Trophy for the best-performed team in the 2015 home and away season. <laughs> See? Steve Rossich on yes. his way out the door at the Dockers. I thought it was recent. Oh, how many how many Frio time. Dockers boys do you reckon have a little tattoo on their ankles? Yeah. So McClellan Trophy yeah, we 2015 all achieved together. I got a message from Scotty McGuinness. Yep, he said that in 1985 when he played in the under 19s at Hawthorne, the Hawthorne coach Ray Biffin spoke to the team and told them our president Ron Cook loves the. The McClellan Trophy. So dig in, boys. We can get us across the line. Dr McClellan was a player and club delegate for Melbourne and he was the VFL president from 1926 to 1955. Who won it this year, Jared? Oh, would you long win it? It's just seniors now. That's why oh, it doesn't... That it's yeah. no good anymore. Yeah. When it used to be the combination, Richmond won it four years in a row from 72 to 75. In fact, they won it five out of six. They had a mortgage on it during yeah. the 70s. Yes, because their under-19s were so yeah. good. Oh, that's It's really special yeah. when you can be a back-to-back McClellan winner. <laughs> yeah. Triple. Triple. In, in 85, Hawthorne yeah. and Carlton shared it. It's oh, the no. only instance in which they would have sacked oh. someone the McClellan over Trophy Carlton was Carlton would have tied. sacked someone over that, I can't believe there wasn't a countback. An under-19s coach would have got the board over that. <laughs> Sam in South Frio text through. <laughs> As if Frio haven't had a hard enough two weeks, now you boys are all over our one greatest <laughs> achievement in 25 years. The 2015 McClellan Sorry, Trophy. Mate. Sorry, mate. David in Newport. Stop it, guys. I've got a cork thigh. I've been slapping it so hard. <laughs> and Robbie and Bo Morris says, does this Dr McClellan gentleman perform operations on hamstrings, preferably Darcy Moore's? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard of anyone referring to the McClelland until that speech. Steve Rossi. Steve Rossi. No, his way out the door. you're yeah. too young to remember. I'm and Jared, you're too. I can remember being a kid, a 12 year old, 13 year old, heading up the train line up to um, uh, up to Linton Street, getting a record for 20 cents, which was the small version in those days. And there were all these different sections in it. And one of them was the Dr. McClellan Trophy oh, ladder yep. for the season. Really? Brilliant. Oh, you, you could lose a senior game 
but you could advance Blonde. because your reserves and 19s had brought home the bacon. <laughs> I have the, the gentlest memory of that as a kid. Absolutely. Now, it's the one thing us Collingwood supporters as kids clung to. How many? You're a five day, five night. How many McClelland? Probably five. Now look it up. Well, I'm, I'm tipping five. Five right. day, oh, five night, Ed, five McClellan's. Ed's left this oh. one on the shelf. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, you just eyes forward for a yeah, minute. Yeah. Eyes forward, Sorry. all right? The 40-week serious about sleep finals tips. <laughs> <laughs> Save up to 40% at 40 Winks 40-hour 40 sale. So this is gambling season, you think, Kingy? It is gambling season, Jared. The spring carnival's come early this year. When you look at what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, terms, particularly... Now, we see Nick Natanui running around at training yesterday looking uh, in full health. No, not in full health, but uh, healthy enough to um, take part in training. And now, kilos of health. Yeah, well, he's a big, a big unit. big man. And makes a big difference to their team. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't, he hasn't played. He played a three-game block between rounds 15 to 17. So he, it's a big risk to bring him in, but that risk will be taken. How many of Dugowie, Stevenson, Moore and Reed can you play to him? Dugowie hasn't played for effectively six weeks. Stevenson, his last game was June 10. Mm. So it could be four months since he's played. Darcy Moore's an interesting one. Played round one to eight, missed two. Played 11 to 17, missed five. Back for one. Um, Nothing shown up on the scan. So I know we had a good discussion about him last week with Kane. He said you, you couldn't play him. You couldn't trust his body. If he can't trust it, how can you? But he'll play. Uh, and then there's Reed as a bit of a smoky in the in the the back room as well, who, who's who's hardly played this year. Now Reed misses out. I think Darcy Moore, if you can convince him, he's all right. Um, and the two boys play up forward. Yeah, well, they definitely come in. Um, They're locks. They're locks straight in. And do they, Doesn't matter how long they've been out. So, so does does that being the case, those two being locks, impact Darcy Moore in any way? I don't think so. I don't think Darcy Moore. Lacks for on-field fitness. It's you're talking about the health of his hamstring. So, if the club believes he can get through, you got to call a spade a spade. There's, there's earlier this year. I remember Darcy Moore went off the ground to check what he thought was hamstring, and in that game, the opposition got a hold. In I think it was against the West Coast Eagles. I think they got a hold of the forward line structure that eventually gave them the lead at that stage. Darcy Moore came back out and he was all right and resumed. But the game had turned in his absence. So there's, Darcy Moore is a wonderful young player. He's quite cavalier in the way he plays. But I still think something about Darcy Moore needs to grow up as a league footballer. Which game are you most looking forward to? In reality, I, th- I think the Bombers are going to have a real crack. So Essendon, really? West Coast Eagles. So the other guys are going to take care of themselves. But that's going to be really, really on. King. Collingwood Geelong. I think the winner gets through the grand final. Mm. On the wraparound, they'll get Brisbane. Giants, Bulldogs, I reckon it's a steel chairs affair. In the get into the cage, the these cage. two. Four-time McClellan winner, Dermot Burton. Oh, that's not oh right. no, no, count it ruins back. Everything. It's got to be a fifth. Five, five and four. Get 40 months interest-free at the 40 Wings 40-hour sale. It's been the McClellan Trophy edition of Crunch Time for Honda and Subway. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.